0: You're listening to the Taming Hindrances Podcast, conversations about self-awareness and mental health, as well as a dive into this thing known as spirituality. We talk about everything and anything on the podcast, so come get triggered. Welcome to another episode of the Taming Hindrances Podcast. As always, my name's Phil. I got another episode for you. And uh, this uh, this one's been in the bank for a while, I think. Um... Took a little bit of hiatus from the podcast for a little while. Come back. I know you're not supposed to say that, but whatever. I'm pretty honest about things. You know, this is episode 70. Um, I've been doing this for a while now, and it's been cathartic. It it really has. It's really been cathartic to talk about self-awareness, talk about mental health, talk about spirituality a little bit, kind of dive into, you know, my background and the way I came up with the thought processes in which I think about these things. And um you know after a little hiatus I-, I thought about it and I don't know how often you know my my thought processes shift or change I don't know how coherent I've been through every episode I think I generally keep it you know in the in the right realm of things but sometimes it's not always really my actual viewpoint. Sometimes it's not always exactly, you know, the way I wanted to express it or, and I think that's just natural. You know, every day is a little bit different. Everyone's a little bit different. And I've talked over and over again about the, how this thing known as depression is uniquely who we are and how we can understand each other's depression, but we can try. But in that same realm of things, I've had to wonder many times now, can I understand my own, right? Is self-awareness attainable, or is it just this thing that's always slightly out of reach? Slightly a little farther down the rabbit hole? Slightly, I don't know, maybe is 100% completion possible? Do we only ever get 50, 70? Like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's one of those things that I ponder every once in a while. Like, can you really know yourself completely? Because we're constantly changing, right? And not only that, but uh, the title for this episode is uh, Damaged. And as always, I'm going to go over to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. We're going to grab a definition, and we're going to talk about it because I think it's important. I think it's important to understand and really dive into the reality that we're all just fucking broken, all right? Taking the gloves off here, you know, some people are more broken than others, but that's a dangerous game to play, right? Why, why are we playing that game? Like, who's broken? Who's not broken? Who's more broken? We're just all broken, and it's because we are damageable. So let's start with the definition of damage, because, um, well, the definition of damage comes from the definition of damage. So the noun damage is loss or harm resulting from injury to person, property, or reputation. Um, you know what? I think we can just leave it at that. I mean, the verb is to cause damage, but when we talk about being damaged, then you know the the transitive side of that to be damaged is the, you know, the post. So loss or harm resulting from injury to person and property reputation that has happened to cause damage or damage that has happened. So we're talking about the definition of damaged. We're talking about cause uh, we're, we're, we're talking about damages that already have happened. Um, we're talking about loss or harm. That's resulted in injury to a person, property reputation that's already happened. We're talking about the shit that's happened to us throughout our lives that have, you know, occurred. And so with, um, the definition of damage, there's also this definition, the adjective, damageable, capable of being injured, liable to damage. I think it's pretty, you know, easy to say we're all capable of being injured. We're all capable of being, you know, damaged in some way or another. Um, and I find it interesting the etymology of the word damage comes from the word damn, uh, the old um, the old version of it, uh, which is uh, to condemn to a punishment or fate. And I think something in that is poetic to a degree. I think it's um, prudent. But just generally I think it's true. I think there's a lot of truth in the idea that we're just fucking damaged. I know I'm damaged. I'm so fucking broken and damaged that sometimes I forget. And honestly, on this whole cathartic trip of doing a podcast about self-awareness and mental health and advocating for people's um, advocating just for the conversation that people should have and advocating for people to look into their own self-awareness, their own mental health, change the connotation of the conversation, change it into, you know, yeah, let's talk about this stuff. Let's, let's have these discussions in doing that. I've had to step back at some point and realize, man, like as much as I talk about this stuff, as much as I try to practice it, as much as I try to share my side of it, I'm just really damaged, really broken. Um, The way I think about it is like, you know, you have a teddy bear, right? I'm that beat up teddy bear. I'm the one, you know, missing, uh, missing an eye. It's got a button that was sewed on, but that button's now like hanging off. Um, It's all like the, the the fur or the the cloth that it's made of is just not not the nicest it's just kind of little grimy um not very cute uh it's got some it's got some sewn up scars uh and you know like generally i think to myself who's going to choose that who would who would choose that over you know something that at least looks better right cuz i don't try to make myself look good I used to when I was younger, you know. I wanted to impress people and make myself look good. You know, I let that fall away. I don't really give a shit, you know. I I like my scars. I like my battle wounds. I like I like I like some of the shit that happened to me. Now, I say like in the sense that like since since I'm like I say like in the sense that it has shaped me in some way and it has allowed me to connect with certain individuals it allows me to have a certain viewpoint it it has become who i am and i've accepted it to a degree but the damage has already been done so when damage is already done there's no way to really undo it right we can heal we can try to heal that's a process but can i really am i ever really healed I think this is why I look into the primordial, um, the, the primordials, you know, the cycle of chaos, creation, order, and destruction. I've been destroyed so many times in my life that I had to kind of grasp onto that fact that, you know, once you destroy something, it goes back to chaos. It can be something new. It can be recreated. The thing there is the scars and the, the damageable effect, right? As much as I try, I'm still damageable. As much as I try to steal my heart or to just, you know, sometimes in my life, I just had a cold exterior, you know, the frozen heart Steel, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I look like a tough Viking sometimes, you know, out in public, I got a big beard, you know, I'm fairly strong. I have some muscle to me. I look generally non-approachable when I'm wearing a beanie or, you know, I got my head down. So I look tough and in looking tough, there is the adverse to it that the tougher I try to look Really, it's the weaker I am. So, you know, when I bounced, I tried to make myself look small and me because that was an advantage I could have. And as I said before, everything is war. It's always just a simulation of the mind, of warfare, and yada, 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 all this crap I've been spewing for, for years, now 70 episodes. But I have to come back to this understanding of like, oh, yeah, I'm just damaged goods. Right. And I I think I come back to that most often. And I think a lot of people come back to that most often. When we think about new relationships, when we think about, you know, new, just even starting a new job or meeting new people or telling someone about yourself, the older you get, the harder it becomes to tell yourself or tell people about yourself. Right. There's just so much shit to get through with new people that you kind of shorten it up, you kind of, you know, leave things out. I did that from the very beginning. It's just something I naturally do. I don't tell people a lot about myself. I'm a very private person. But, there's all these these little like damaged aspects. Like how do you explain them to someone? Because no matter how hard you explain them, they can't understand them. Cuz they're going to take them however they need to take them to understand them. Hopefully that makes sense. Like your connotation of what I say is going to be through your own personal experiences. I can't give you my personal experiences and have them match up. You're going to have to understand them through your own understanding of words and feelings and things you've been through. So when I talk about the things that have occurred to me in my life and I've been through, it's often, uh, what's the best way to explain that? It's almost like it's just like pointless, right? And I'm sure other people feel that way. That's just like all of this damage adds up to the point where you're just like, it's so pointless to tell people about this because how are they really supposed to understand it? And I can't even expect them to understand. So why would I, right? Remember why spiritual question? Why would I, why would I expect them to understand it? And with that comes the, you know, constant reminder of, yeah, I'm a damaged individual. I'm just a, just a beat up broken teddy bear, yada, yada, yada. And so it becomes reflective. I think damage is a reflection. And I got this from, you know, when I was learning martial arts and I was learning how to fight. And I'll never forget being taught anytime you hit something, it hits you back. If you punch a bag, if you punch someone else, you punch a wall, it hits you back. You know, that's, you know, technically Newtonian physics, Uh, equal opposite reactions. And you can be careful about it. You know, you can hit a bag and just kind of like lighten up at the last of the impact, but it still hits you. Everything hits you back. I think the same goes for doing and receiving damage. The differentiation, I think, is in the mental space of when you can simulate damage in your head. When. Watching something becomes visceral. When listening to something becomes visceral. When you can connect with it and you can understand it and you can kind of almost vibe with it a little bit. It becomes very visceral. And in that visceration, there's a reminder. Oh yeah, damaged goods, right? There's this never-ending conversation about the things that happen, the memories, the reflection, the skittishness you might have, you know, developed, the anxiety, the, all of those things. In my own personal, you know, journey, I've learned to just kind of forget. And I'll be completely honest, there is no right or wrong answer. I I don't have a right or wrong answer for you as far as which one you should choose. Forget, deal with, talk about, no idea. I'm not a professional. And even then... Everyone's going to be different. I do have this deep understanding of of being damaged. Being damageable. And how that comes from the etymology of the word that makes you feel damned. It makes you feel that you're condemned to a punishment or fate. I don't necessarily know if I want to lose that, though. Every time I think about a new relationship... I kind of come from the perspective of, like, I am the curse, right? And I I say this thinking that a lot of people probably have the same reaction, that I'm already damned, I'm already broken, I'm already damaged. And so there's this, this, this stigmatic curse to me that why would I want to apply that to someone else? Why would I want them to deal with, you know, the shit that comes along with being me, hell, I can barely deal with myself sometimes. And when I go down a deep, dark path, when I go down the rabbit hole, when I relive the memories, when I, you know, get triggered, you know, get triggered on the Taming Hindrances podcast, although I fucking hate that word, but when it really hits me, it's a, it's deep. It will put me down my rage, my anger, all of these things I spent 15 years training martial arts to tamp down, to get control of, just come right back. And now they come back with vengeance because they've been tamped down and they have no outlet other than the outlet I give them through self-harm that I've now kind of curved into tattoos and working out and and just working too much in general in my own business. Like I give them these outlets, but it's not the same. Because there's damage. And I don't account for it. The only times I do account for it is when I use a different perspective. I I account for my damage from someone else's perspective. How could someone ever love me? I'm broken. Damaged. Why would I ever expect them? Remember my questions. Why would I ever expect them to try? Why would they deal with that? How is that their problem to deal with? And it just goes on and on and on and on. And it never ends, never stops. Anytime I ever get close, it never stops. It just continues on and on and on. I can always find new reasons. And so I wonder how much of the damage compounds. If, you know, we get a scar in the body. Right? say we you know we got a cut or a scrape or something we get a scar and the tissue just kind of weaves itself together it just kind of figures out like all right well we got to put this back together somehow right and so it'll weave itself together and then later we can come in and you know and like in my body work practice we can do scar tissue release you know you can get dry needling done you can get you know you can stretch. there's all these different things you can try to do but typically the scar persists persists in some way even if it's just a blemish even if it's just a visual you know, situation where the skin is just discolored or um you know maybe the underlying scar tissue has been broken up a bit. And so with that understanding, can you damage the damage? Is it possible to damage our damage? We are damageable creatures, both physically, mentally and spiritually. I think every part of the human system is damageable in some way quite often or not. It is all damaged. There's no part of me that isn't. And so when we talk about being damageable, if we're damageable and the damage is a part of us, are we not also capable of damaging that damage? And in what way does that occur? In what way can that be therapeutic? Can it? Is it possible? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think, you know, in practicing body work, I've realized that, yeah, I can fix, well, not necessarily fix, I can help fix things. Um, I'd like to say that I don't heal anyone or fix them when I just remind their body where to look. But to do that, I have to cause inflammation or I have to, you know, move a tissue or break up a adhesion or I have to kind of cause damage to allow for that to heal or to become something different. And so often I wonder how much of the healing process when it talked about, when I talk about mental damage and physical damage requires more damage. And in order to do that, we have to be vulnerable in some way or another, right? I have to be open to be continued to be damaged. And so I think about how to pick and choose how that happens and I wonder how many more times in my life I get to do that. How many more times am I capable of doing that? Right? Because I've been on the cusp so many times. So many times. I'm just like, you know, I've had enough. This is never going to work out the way I want it to. Why am I even bothering? It's just, like, there's just, there's no point. Right? And then you always hear like, oh, you got to open yourself back. And I, I don't know if I agree. I think you got to be choosy. I think you got to be choosy. It's war, right? And yeah, I might take some losses to get some wins. Do that in a fight a lot. When I used to train, you know, grappling, I'd teach people a lot of times, like, give and take, right? Even in striking, give and take. Give them an opening and take what they give you. Uh, tip or tag, thats we used to call it in Mantis, uh, praying Mantis is tip or tag. You know, if I, maybe I give you this opening, I take that. I use it in Tai Chi all the time. Combative Tai Chi, it's all about giving and taking, right? So I, maybe I maybe I give you an opening, but I'm, I'm ready with a dofu body. I'm ready to receive whatever it is you deem to bring my way. And then by receiving it, I can redirect or I can, you know, I can negotiate the situation into a, an advantageous position. Um, Jiu-Jitsu is often a game of give and take. It's a, it's a chess match. It's just constantly like, all right, well... You know, maybe I'll give them this arm, but in doing that, I can get to their hip line, and maybe I can get out of this, and then I can push them here. And so it's, just a, it's a constant game of give and take. Chess in its own self is a game of give and take. Maybe I leave a pawn out that can be taken, but then allows for, you know, another move. Maybe I bring the rook in or move a bishop here or there. With that, I start to put together. All right. Give and take. I'm already damaged. So I've definitely taken a lot. Do I need to give a little? Do I need to take some more? How does this work? My own personal story, there's the understanding of injuries in general. We have functions in the body that are pre-built in To deal with damage, to mitigate damage, to um, prevent, sometimes to increase for different reasons. We have a whole immune system response for, you know, outside invasion of bacteria and viruses and and fungal infections and, and all sorts of stuff that's not supposed to be there. We also have the inflammation response, which is part of the immune response for, you know, impact or... Um, open wounds, we have generally, in my personal opinion, kind of pre-built in failure points. Um, I find that the body will pre-design, almost like crumple zones in a car, failure points where, you know, All right, I'm going to do this lift and my body already knows, like, if something's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong in the shoulder because we can't let the spine do something funny, so we're going to let the shoulder slip, right? Maybe we'll let the shoulder dislocate. Maybe we'll let that muscle tear. Maybe we'll do this, that, or the other thing to prevent catastrophic failure. With that in mind, the there's just three health bodies, right? There's body, mind, and spirit. As above, so below. If the body has pre-built in... Decisions, pre-built in places it's going to break, pre-built in response factors, histamine, leukocytes, you know, like white blood cells, Um, inflammation responses, histamine. If these are already pre-built in design factors, because the system knows itself pretty well and it will pre-design these things, even if it's a load force um, optimization Right? So like, all right, hinge here for a deadlift, blah, 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 protect the back, all of these things. If the body has them pre-built in, shouldn't the mind should also have them pre-built in? And if I can fix these issues of injury or help fix um, with outside influence, i.e. body work, massage, acupuncture, chiropractic, then so too should I be able to do the similar with the mind. But it also means that the mind would have those same responses. The mind must have predisposed protection devices, predisposed uh, responses. Maybe they're subconscious, conscious. There's a whole conversation there, right? Because we have the autoimmune, i um, sorry, autonomous nervous system and the the um, active nervous system, failing on my words right now, but I'm sorry. Uh, we have the, Autonomous nervous system with both the um, active response of flight or flight or uh, rest digest. The mind's got to have something similar. And if it causes, if, if causing damage to the system, regulated wise, also repairs the body in some way by causing an inflammation response in a tendinopathy situation to actually cause inflammation in the tendon area to help heal it by bringing new inflammation with new healing byproduct in there to flush out old and stagnant inflammation. Then similar should be effective for the mind. How do we accomplish that? Good question. don't necessarily know how we can theorize we can we can attempt we can try but the reality is we're just going to keep needing to be damaged we're almost kind of pre-designed for it we require damage to get to the size that I am I had to damage my body quite a bit To get to the skill level I have in martial arts, I had to damage my body quite a bit. To get the skill level in body work, I had to damage my body quite a bit. To get to where I am to be able to publish this podcast and and what I believe to be talking intelligently about the subject of self-awareness, mental health, spirituality, and all these things that I talk about, I had to be damaged. I had to have experienced what got me to that effective knowledge. And so we require damage to grow and to become more skilled and to get better at things. We have what's commonly referred to as the stressor responses. So generally, if I wanted to get better at something, maybe not better overall, I would have to re-get damaged. Now, I've Well, spent a lot of times uh, practicing martial arts, understanding that like there's certain damage I want to take and certain damage I don't want to take. Superficial damage, sure. Let somebody throw a punch that I know I'm going to be able to just slightly move out of the way of or take the impact of or redirect. Sure. Tip or tag. Create an opening. Take what they give me. Give them something back. So, If I know how to fight like that, I should be able to mentally fight the same way. I should be able to gauge the situation so that I can intake damage that will be beneficial. That can look like all sorts of different things. I don't know what that might look like for you. I do know that we probably need to be open to it. And with knowing that we need to be open to it, I can guarantee you it's probably one of the hardest things to do. In fact, I struggle with it constantly. I have no interpersonal relationships. At this very point in my life, I have people who know me, know a little bit about me. I have very few people I like to be around. In fact, I spend a lot of time alone. And I have spent a lot of time alone throughout my entire life. I have no personal connections with my family. I have very few people I talk to on a regular basis or reach out to. I generally just am my own little bubble. I've more recently found that I enjoy the company of a couple people. I'll say it that way. But I do find myself noticing that I enjoy being around this person or maybe that person. And so I wonder if there is this, this possibility to allow for damage to occur there. Is that the right move, right? In the chess master of it all, in the, in the jujitsu match of it all, in the mental fucking gymnastics match of it all, How can we build a criteria list to not necessarily allow new damage, but damage that might help the damage that's already there? I've recently found in my bodywork practice that probably what makes me a decent bodyworker in some regards is that, and I'm using someone else's words here, I generally work on people completely emotionless with a straight face, causing them pain and harm, right? It's not a comfortable thing to have me poking around, moving things, tweaking tendons and ligaments and the muscles and like hitting trigger points and going through range of motion actions and like doing stretch lays. Like, yeah, okay, we have this hurt so good feeling, but Generally, I am just straight face emotionally, like causing these people harm. Again, not my words. Someone else, someone else, keep me into that. With that understanding, I have to kind of step back and be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I need someone to do that to me. Not at a physical level, but at a mental level, at an emotional level, at a communication level. But There's probably got to be a criteria there, right? I need to trust them. I need to like to be around them. I probably have to respect them and their opinions. But even if I meet all those criteria things, I still have to at some point go, yeah. Yeah, it's okay if this person hurts me, right? That's the trust. That's the trust factor right there. Like, yeah, it's okay if this person hurts me, does harm. Or maybe even not do that, but is capable of doing so. Because I think when we get to that level, there's this you know natural human instinct of like, oh, I'm vulnerable, right? So we talk about vulnerability. And we're talking about depression. We talk about how unique depression is. Your depression's yours, mine's mine. We barely understand each other impossible to understand someone else's depression we talk about and i have talked about before unconditional love unconditional love is the process of trying to understand someone else's depression knowing you'll never accomplish that you can spend an entire lifetime you're not going to actually understand their depression you can get 99 of the way there maybe who knows but like trying that's unconditional love knowing that you're never going to do that but trying anyway I think to some degree that's so broad it becomes confused. I'm not the biggest fan of physical contact. I'm okay with it in certain situations when I'm in control of it and I've been trained That physical contact is, well, maybe not the best thing for me. You know, I I spent a lot of time learning how to grapple and hurt people and do all that. I was a bouncer, you know, physical contact, you know, sexually abused as a child. I think I've talked about that before. I know I've talked about that before in the podcast. That level of understanding of physical contact, no, I, I generally don't engage in it. That being said, when I am in contact with someone, it's typically my bodywork practice. I'm typically in control of the situation, it's typically my hands, and I'm manipulating and I'm being in a professional setting. There are occasionally times when I'm in a setting where someone decides they're going to contact me. And I have to kind of work through what my body's already doing for me when it comes to physical impact, right? My body's already kind of going like, all right, well, you know, if if this happens, then we'll just let this fail because we can't have a catastrophic failure here. And so I think my mind tries to go through those gymnastics. The difference between the body and the mind in this regard is that I have control of that process which I think is where things go totally wrong. And when I was talking about unconditional love and how that's just so like, it's just, there's just so many pieces and it's so broad that it's hard to kind of do that. I I think that's what I'm talking about there. When I'm talking about the mental faculties that go into the process of, okay, okay, physical contact. Here we go. Here we go. How's this going to, all right. Is this for them? cool i can do that i can maybe it's a professional thing i can do that oh maybe someone is you know in, in an emotional state where they need you know a hug or something like that and i can mentally prepare myself recently i have found myself in physical contact with someone and realized like oh i don't mind this in fact it actually felt pretty natural it was like oh okay cool like that's interesting and immediately my mind went to damage right it immediately went to this just this fucking fountain of what's this mean what am I feeling it, it just like started this process and I feel like that is the same process the body's doing when it's talking about like force vectors and and. but again I have control of it because it's conscious, it's it's coming through consciously. It's not just a general physical reaction that comes from a mental ca- capacity. Like when someone sneaks up behind me and tries to, and I just like naturally want to throw them. Or, you know, if someone's in a position where I feel like this is a grappling situation and I kind of want to manipulate their body. And This was that, but almost like the conscious flow of it. And so when I thought about this podcast episode, I was like, all right, well, I want, I want to talk about damage. I want to talk about being damageable. I want to talk about being damned, feeling cursed. But I want to kind of take it to the mental aspect. What that actually looks like. It's going to be unique for you. It's going to be your own depression. It's going to be the way you think about these things, how you think through these processes. But I think there's this, Underlying piece here. Maybe it's not principle level, it's probably conceptual level. It's conceptual in the idea that, well, I know I'm damaged, right? I know I'm damaged. Who am I willing to see my damage? Who am I willing to let affect my damage? Who am I willing to let my damage affect? Are some of the questions that I came up with. You know, in most relationships, there's got to be give and take. I think that's something I've I've talked about before in this podcast and definitely something I've learned in my life is there must be give and take. And I often find myself in a situation where I understand that I, I'm like trying not to to affect someone, so I just give. I just give and give and give and give and give. Forgetting that, maybe that's not the right thing to do to them. They probably want me to take something too. And maybe this is at a practitioner level, you know, with a psychiatrist or a therapist or counselor. Maybe it's at a partner level with, you know, a love interest or... A relationship, you know, with a long-term partner, or maybe it's at a personal level with a friend or or a family member or you know, your dog. Damage doesn't just go away. It requires an outside influence. And so if we are damaged, and I think we all are, your level's gonna be your level, it's part of your depression. There's a requirement for outside influence. I advocate for you to discuss with yourself what level of influence you're going to allow and be comfortable with. I imagine in reality, there's not many people that get to make that list nor should there be. And I think as we get older, we kind of have to have this conversation of like, how many more people am I going to add to this list? My big worry sometimes is that there might not be anyone to ever add to that list again. To become so broken and so damaged that it's just, it's no one else's problem but my own, that I shouldn't bring that burden to someone else. And so it's really hard to get close to me. It's really hard to learn about who I really am. No matter how hard I might want someone to break down that wall, it's still up to me to let them to allow someone to be capable of damaging me again. Because in this understanding of someone else's depression, there's the ugly side of what people are capable of. And so I wonder how much of a requirement those of us out there who are quote-unquote damaged... What requirement there is to find someone who's just as capable of damaging you as you are them? You know, when we talk about the spiritual side of things, as above so below, if we start from the from the the mental state that comes from the physical, right? So we talked about the physical body, it's damaged, we have we fixed it with other damage. We talk about the mental state at a spiritual level. You know, we have these things that we talk about soulmates and and, uh, and and things like that. There is an understanding there, as far as I under, as far as I understand it, um, an understanding that the equivalency of exchange at the spiritual level is not how terrible someone is; it's not how amazing someone is. It's the balance of capability. if I'm going to be damaged and allow someone to see that damage and to possibly affect that damage, I require someone who is also damaged and uh, is willing to let me affect their damage as well. That's the give and take. The give and take is that, like, yeah, we're fucked up. That's not, let's be fucked up together. It's not not allowing for the game of like, well, who did it worse? Who's the worst? You know, whose life was worse? Blah, blah. No, not that. No one wins those games. It's got to be balanced. It has to be give and take. It has to be damage for damage. It has to be, hey, I'm willing to let you damage me. Are you willing to let me damage you? Because at that level, you can build trust. You can build, you can build something around what we commonly refer to as a negative, right? You know how I like to take the connotation out of things. I don't see damage as a bad thing anymore. In fact, I look for it. makes people interesting. It makes them stronger. It makes them understand more. Somebody who's been through some shit is probably somebody I'm going to get along with better. Because they're going to kind of get me a little bit more. But again, you got to be careful with the uh, predetermined like well I want to be worse off than they were right like are they at the same level as me there are no levels of this they're simply damaged going back to the definition here to have loss or harm resulting from injury to a person property or reputation that is to have been damaged the verb to have caused damage or to have damage to be caused upon. So there's damaged and there's damageable to be capable of being injured. I think I'm definitely damaged. I think, you know, you might be too. And I think there has to be a conversation or at least a question, maybe just to yourself. If you are damaged, are you too also damageable? Because unless we're damageable, we can't move past the damage. And hey, look, I'm struggling with it too. And I don't understand what you've gone through. At that level, I'm not going to try. The person I'm going to try with is going to be the person that ends up being as close to me as possible. And there's only really gonna be one of those people. I'm just one of those types that there only gets to be one person that gets that close. There's only gets to be one person who's able to damage me. Because I gotta trust them. I got to like to be around them and a whole bunch of other shit that goes into it. That's why I think the list should be short and you kind of have to ask yourself how many more people get added to the list. Because a part of that is the other side of this equation. That if you realize that there should only be a certain amount of people on that list, then you've defined some sort of self-worth for yourself. Only so many people should make that list. And if you can look at the self-worth that comes along with that, Look, as much as I say that, I still don't know any self-worth of my own. You can then define that fact that I'm stuck at. To be damageable again. Because I have to agree that there gets to be somebody else on that list. Other than myself. Because throughout my entire life, I've just been suicidal. I've been self-harm. I still do it to this day. Love getting tattoos, but I love getting tattoos in the realm that—that's self harm to me. It's a productive self harm. It's an outlet, but it's still in that vein. And so, I have to agree at some point, if I'm going to have some sort of self worth there, that someone gets to make the list. I get to agree that I'm going to be damageable and then I have to follow up with that whole situation and I have to put in the effort I have to put in the time and I have to try the shittiest part about that is what if what if they don't want to be that person it's a tough game not that I really should call it a game but it's a tough decision to make and it's part of the process. I think in order for you to be damageable again, you have to immediately be open to damage. It's a weird thing, you know, that I learned in combat, um, specifically, you know, physical combat. I was never in, you know, uh, war combat, but, um, in physical combat, the first step, is understanding you might get punched in the face and just being okay with it. Just totally being okay with, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna receive some damage here. That's part of the possibility. I've met a lot of fighters who as soon as they get rocked the first time, that's it. That's the end of the show. That's they never expected to ever get rocked. They never expected to get knocked out, they never expected to get choked out, they never expected to even get hit, like hit hard. So that was it. That was when they were like, nope, this isn't for me. I'm done. Never doing that again. I've also met some people similar to myself where all we did was get knocked out, get choked out, get beat up. Like That was my job. My job was to be a sparring partner for most people. Like, hey, if it works on Phil, it'll work on most people. At the time, I was like two twenty-five, two thirty-five, floating in between there. I was pretty strong. I was flexible. I was agile. Had good speed. I was a good sparring partner for people. You know, if you could put me in a choke hold, you got it. Like you're doing good. You know how. All right, if you can break out of my grip, I was a good sparring partner. My job was to walk into that, going like, "Well, I get hit. Here we go," and then to like feed into it. And so I had to be damageable while also not to win the fight. We got to take damage, but not get damaged. And so I wonder, although, yeah, back in episode 43, I talked about love and I talked about unconditional love and I talked about understanding someone's depression, right? Knowing you're never going to, but trying anyway. I wonder if romantic love has something to do with being damageable, but not getting damaged. Finding someone that you're totally okay. If they just clock you on across the jaw, understanding that that's not going to actually be damage to you. That it's somehow weirdly therapeutic. That when they bring the fire, they bring the, they bring the hate, they bring the fear. They bring, they bring all of that. That is, thats it's not really damage. It's somehow weirdly therapeutic. I'll be honest. It's not something I've ever experienced in my life. I'd be curious to see if I'm accurate or not, but that's going to take a pretty special person to, to make that happen. Cause I don't trust easily. And I, uh, I'm tough to deal with. Maybe not so much tough, but just tough to deal with. But, like, if I had to define it, having never experienced it, really. True, what I would consider, not unconditional love, but romantic love. Soulmate level shit. Is this place where... You're damageable, but the damage you take from that the damage you take from that individual is not damage. It's therapeutic. It's what I talk about. You don't want to talk about body work and like cause damage to help. But they call you on your bullshit. But yet, you like having them there. That there is give and take. There is balance. But like at the same time, you just want everything for them. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose if you've experienced it, you've experienced it, and if you haven't, maybe you're seeking it out. But I do think it has a lot to do with this being damaged thing, and this damage being damageable, and to have been damned, to have been cursed. We are cursed to live lives as humans. We have this you know these bodies we have to deal with, these minds that we have to deal with, these spiritual presences that we have to deal with. There's all of these things, all in conjunction, all just constantly, over and over again, just bothering us. Hey, pay attention. And this has been one of my more somber rants. Maybe not the best organized. But after all, this podcast is cathartic for me, and this is a cathartic point that I am at an inflection point in my own life, that I am being challenged with these ideas and opinions and Feelings. Ugh, ugly, ugly feelings. Ugh. Interesting to deal with. But that's how we grow. To make a muscle bigger, we have to damage it. We have to do reps, supersets. Rep out them sets. We have to tear the muscle, and then the muscle gets bigger, and then we can tear it again, and it gets bigger. So their muscles are damageable, and we do damage to them to get stronger. So I guess at some point we have to just figure out what level of fitness we want to get to when we talk about relationships and we talk about being damageable at the emotional and mental level. I'd like you to ponder that. I'd like you to think about it. I'd like you to maybe tell me I'm fucking wrong. I don't know. Go over to TamingHindrances.com, check out the archive. Uh, not really much I have on there on this subject, but uh, you can also head over to PureBulk.com and use uh, coupon code TamingHindrances for 10% off your order. I get a small commission on that, helps out the podcast. And look uh, look for NorsePanda.com, N-O-R-S-E-P-A-N-D-A.com. I'm launching a, a workout fitness um, apparel line. That will be coming out soon or maybe you're listening to this podcast like a year from now and it's probably already out. Go check it out. Buy something. Get yourself something cool to work out in. Um, But other than that, take care. Remember to breathe. I'll catch you on the next one.